idea of that the uh, there are there are places, but there's like different places you can live from. You know that possibility. But the problem is, is that a lot of people are trying to live as themselves in those different places. Yeah. So there's there's possibilities of different places to live from, but the persistence of the selfing is that you'll be attempting to do yourself into them and live from as you. Yeah. So you'll try to adopt those different places as something you in this location do. Not noticing that this is a location also. Yeah. This identification as a body is a location. It's a different place to live life from. Whatever's living life from, I don't know. Well, let's not even go there. But there's a living of life from. Yeah. So one location is self-centeredness. And then if the self-centeredness gets introduced to other locations or places to live from, the dilemma is the self-centered system is... Is, is an implying of an identifying as being this. So as soon as you entertain another system, as a you, that neuters the system, neuters the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for you to travel as this place to another place puts this imprint on that place. Yeah. So when you try to study a new way of living, but the same old you is going to be the one who's living that new way of living. The quote-unquote old way of living is going to like make a tattoo on the other one. Yeah, It's going to make a deep impression on that quote-unquote new way of living. Because the new way of living is just another interpretation from the old way of living. Yeah. So the possibility, there are tons of possibilities of living in a different way. But they usually get neutered by, it's you going to live in a different way. So we're going to just always, the point of this whole, for me, the whole message is to go back to that. Not so much concerned with how to set everything up out here, but to see what is it that's the starting point. Yeah, Because what is the starting point in self-centeredness is a mental activity. It's not a true authentic starting point. Yeah, It's, it's, that's a modality right there. That modality eclipses all the other modalities it thinks it's doing or having. Yes? You see? The modality of being identified as a self overrides all the modalities you may practice to try to improve your lot as a self. Yeah? Without knowing that it's modality because it's rooted in being identified as a self. So when the mind is captured in that, that activity of being identified as a self, it doesn't know that it's that's happening. Yeah. So it's taken to be a place where things are going to happen from and happen to. And that's sort of the dilemma. So no matter how many lovely views and methods we we get interested in, what gets interested in it is a method already. You know, a, an interpretive system of life called self-centeredness. Yeah. So what's so here, you meet, let's say, mind entertains a new system, but mind is already entertaining an old system. So now every time it entertains a new system, this old system imprints that, by the, and then turns it into doing and having, or having to get, or study, or learn, or know, and all this. Instead of another system which goes to just questioning the first one that's in place, the self-centeredness, and if I'm not the center of that, it weakens the system, which allows new possibilities to be entertained, free from the imprint of the old system. Yeah? Yeah. So that's the whole, like, gist of the message all the time, is to sort of unburden the mind in its first encasement, in a way, which is an activity. It's not an encasement. It's an activity that produces an encasement. Yeah? It doesn't create it. It makes it. It seems to be, it's sort of like that story with the, the, uh, the person who thinks they're in a box. So they're sitting here, and they're seeing the two sides, and they see the end, and it doesn't look like there's anywhere to go. Yeah? Two sides here, there. But they assume that they're, they're, there's a wall back here. So their point of view is the wall. The self-centeredness 
is actually producing the wall that keeps that produces or makes an appearance of an encasement, yeah, or a thing. But if you see that you're not that, it's wide open. So the, yeah, big open. So you're not in a box. You're playing the role. The mind is, by being identified as this, it uses this to play the role of the fourth wall, so to speak. So that closes you in. So now you're looking at everything from a point of view of self-centeredness, and you're missing out on a lot of possibility. Yes. Yeah, so that's a, a little point. Yeah. That's a whole thing about it. It's not in my mind. I've heard it rule to find it. That infant idea? The infant. Yes. Yeah. If you see another thing, they go to another person, and they might increase the actual See, that's just samples of a different way of living, that's all. So that's like a, a sample of traveling land. Because the possibilities here in this dualistic interpretation is to travel heavy and travel light. <laughs> really, that's the deal. You know what I mean? There's going to be a traveling as long as you're alive. Even if you're laying on a couch all day, that's a sense of doing something. That's, you're laying on a couch. So there's always going to be something happening, and it's going to, it, it's, its seeming effects are going to fall on one side or the other. Either it's going to cause it to seem heavier or lighter. Yeah. And instead of putting that meaning of what's going to make it heavy and lighter outside of you, like on people or situations and circumstances, or let's say physical condition and everything, realizing that that doesn't work, we look in and see. Who is it that the heaviness and lightness is happening to? If it isn't a you, yeah. if it isn't that mental fixation, the mental object the mind's fixating over, yeah, which is glomming on a lot of meaning to, a you represents a lot of meaning. When there's a feeling of you, it's not just a small physical feeling. It triggers a lot of meaning in mind, tons of meaning, conditioning. Unconscious meaning. Yeah, all, it's just a giant, like, uh, library of meaning that, that arises or starts having, or starts percolating and producing effects here, either in you or around others, yeah? And as soon as life is, is met with, oh, it's happening to me, that me brings up all this meaning that now mingles with what's happening and produces what? Other meanings and experiences and feelings and attitudes and emotional conditions, yes? So we're just going at that you. Yeah. If I'm not that you, that short circuits the system that gets initiated by contact yeah, with life. Yeah. Life is like bringing two chemicals together and then they, they, they have a an effect on each other. They bubble up and they produce effects, yeah? 
But if one of them is dominated by this one ingredient in everything, which is, it's happening to me, so me is a constant ingredient in every, you know, chemical batch, and then you start seeing, hey, I don't really like the, the batches that are coming up with this chemical thing, which is the ingredient is that's most there, which is the idea of it's happening to you, or you are doing it, what would happen if you question that? <clears throat> and if you're not that, then your contact with light may produce a different reaction. Yeah. To me, it's traveling lighter. Yeah. There's still contact with light all day, but the, what will be produced by that contact will be lighter. Yeah? More ephemeral, coming and going quicker, not so solid. Yeah? <coughs> so what? Emotional pain, physical pain, yeah? It's a good hook. Physical pain. Yeah, physical pain and or or emotional pain. Some people could get hooked by emotional pain. Physical pain is more chronic usually. What happens is, the best I can do with that is the question, when there is that engagement of this batch of chemicals and that batch of chemicals, yeah? Who is it that is being engaged? Yeah? To use the pain to question the subject of the pain, which is you. Yeah? You seem to be the subject. What is that you that's the subject of the pain? The question. It's not a way of getting out of the pain. You may even feel the pain even more, in a way. But it will erode the habit of believing you are you. Yeah? If you question the subject that's having the pain. Because... The mixture of the pain is a pretty strong concoction on a body, but there's a there's something that amps it up or adds like a speed-like quality to it, which is the my of the pain. Yes, my pain. So at least you can look at the my pain. You may not be able to get out of the physical pain, yeah, but you can at least relieve a little bit of the my that's include that's really creating the the batch. Yeah, yeah. That's my experience, really. Because when you have pain, your mind goes to it. It's like, a, it's like honey to a bee. Well, actually, honey bee doesn't go to honey. But they say that. Let's say shit to a fly. The fly of mind likes to land there because it feeds on it. You think it's terrible, but the mind, I don't believe, does think it's terrible. It may be using it as an object to fix it on like my attention's on the back now. It's not my attention, but naturally my mind's attention is going to something there because it's being directed by selfing. It's trying to help, which actually usually doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, because it won't get off the. Goes all right. I got the message. My back is out. <laughs> yeah, but it will just keep going. Back is out. Back is out. Back is out. Back is out. Oh, it's going to be terrible. And then it just increases it with its with its application of managing it. Yeah. So now it's thinking about it. And oh no, then I can't see a chiropractor today. It's Saturday, and they won't be there on Monday. What am I going to do? When can I end this talk? Blah, blah, blah. And you can just go off. Yeah. Well, what would you do? What would happen if you just throw a little subjective question in there? Well, who is it that's having the pain? Immediately, it would arrest your attention. It would sort of startle the selfing from getting into high gear, and you'd have some relief. And maybe you'd open up to a possibility, I could lay this way and it takes the pain away. You know, maybe I'll read this book or, you know, stuff like that. So instead of getting fixated like the mind loves to do, yeah, question what's, who's getting fixated, and that opens it up so that other possibilities. And maybe you'll run into a pretty good like today. You know, go to the internet, how to relieve migraines with acupressure. Do some acupressure instead of your mind harping on it. I have a headache for five days or this and that, which isn't helping one bit, you know. Yes, of course. It's writing a whole That's right. And then it's like snowball and then the story has its own intention, which is to be right. 
a very strong intention. So usually what you would think you'd want to get out of has a reason to persist because it's being cultivated or farmed by the mind. Because it gets to be right about it. It's got a lot of investment in the story of you having migraines since you're eight years old. It has a lot invested in whatever that is. It has a lot invested in being a junkie, an old junkie or whatever. Yeah, it's totally. It has a whole story. And it's clinging on to it. One of the ways it clings on to it is about being right about it. Yeah, so it will uh, watch it. It'll like sort of, it goes there, guised as the fire department, but it has gasoline cans, and it throws gasoline cans on it, and it warms its little mental hands, its knitting hands, to knit another story up by the fire, so it can, oh yeah, I've been having this, I'll never get relief. Yes, so, the chronic pain is chronic pain, whatever you need to do for it, try to do it, but you can use anything, if you like, to really see who or what it's happening to. Which is a really good thing here. To sort of at least turn your attention a little bit towards the subject. Instead of coming always from it. Question, who is it? Yeah, Yeah, very good. Uh, This is a one-time-only event today. (laughs) One-time-only questions. It's already so, so it doesn't create it because that would mean it came to be, and it never wasn't so. But yeah, seeing is seeing. But if, 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 I get, if it wasn't going through my condition of mind, you said that one's there and it's not there, you actually get to see versus looking. Yes, definitely. Although, see, the thing with seeing and looking is just a way to sort of present it an important thing, because life is exactly as it is, and then the mind has sort of hijacked it and turned it into its own interpretation. So, it, it piggybacks on seeing and turns it into a form of looking. Yeah? So, instead of just having the sense of seeing, it's I'm looking. Yeah? That's how seeing is to us. Our, our way we travel with seeing is I'm looking. Yeah? This is sort of, to me, it's it's uh, aspect which is claiming. Yeah? So it doesn't have anything. It doesn't have a life. It's not really producing or uh, creating anything. So it piggybacks on what's always so and then just interprets it differently. So seeing is always the underlying activity of all looking. But what we're attending to is the looking. Yeah? So the seeing is always occurring. That's why I believe like Buddha said, well, who knows what he said, but you know, when you see, see. Because when usually, when when you, when they're seeing, it's looking. It's turned into looking very quickly. I'm looking. And then as soon as the seeing is turned into looking, then the hijack just geometrically progresses. Then you become the doer of all the actions, and you're the thinker of all the... uh, all the activities of the apparatus, you know? It's sort of like, you're thinking, I'm hearing, I'm feeling, I'm digesting my food, I'm shitting, yeah? When all of it is body actions, yeah? But the head claims it as a subject. I'm doing it. This is the, this is, this is the, to me, the true uh, nub of playing God. It, 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 
there's a sense of, if you want to call it the activity of being God, and there's a sense of God, and the mind claims it, and starts acting, hey, I'm God, you know, I'm the one who's seeing, so now I can have tons of opinions about what I've been seeing, which forms a way of looking, yeah, self-centeredness. So we have, uh, we're totally capable of seeing, but we're wearing a pair of glasses, which we think are what we are, which is a form of looking, but without vision, there would be no need for glasses, yeah? So this, the looking is a form of, of uh, hijacking or distorting the vision, the seeing. Yeah? Yeah. <sighs> the worst thing you can do if you threw your background is to sneeze, see? And that's why, see, this is what it loves to do. It loves to create little conundrums. Remember I had a, I remember I got a really bad flu last year, yeah? And I hurt my water, I hurt my body in the water. My chest got whacked by a wave falling on me on the back of the sandwich on the board and I got some blood, you know, I spit out some blood. So I hurt my lungs and I had a hernia. So I get this flu. So this flu had a lot amount of cough in it. So every time I coughed, my lungs and my hernia hurt. So I, I didn't know what to deal with first. Stop the shit coming out of my nose to hold my chest and hold my hernia. <laughs> this went on for days. <laughs> this is called what happens when there's a body, you know. <laughs> so you think it's happening to you, yeah? It's really causing me to suffer. This is just what mind reads, how mind reads things. It puts things together to make up a story. Yeah? And the story is a you, and if you believe it, it's you. And then you live as that, and therefore seeing is never noticed. It's just all looking, and you believe you don't have to look, and so you believe you can be unconscious, and then you believe you can become conscious, when all there is is consciousness. You know, there is consciousness. There is awareness not predicated on what you do or don't do. There's an initial, natural, or virgin awareness that's always there at all times in this present moment. Yet we've made it like an object that I can move to or live as if I don't even know. Yeah? I don't really have any desire to become conscious. But that's all there is, is consciousness. I know I really have a desire to become conscious. So that's selfing, you know, claiming what's happening. Yeah? And making it into a whole other story. So it's sort of like a giant space with all there is is an awareness and we've walked in or there's there's an appearance in the space of this one little modality like a, like a house of mirrors called selfing. And mine has just sort of strolled in there, got, got, started seeing an image in the mirror, took it to be itself, and it's never left. It's in this little hallway of mirrors and just fascinated. What can happen to me? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and of course, in this place... If there's going to be good and bad, or what you would call good and bad, or what you would call adverse effects and beneficial effects, yes, on the object that we're fixated at, yeah. And it's funny, even getting out of the hallway of mirrors, all you're doing is looking at your reflection getting out. Oh, I'm getting really clear now. <laughs> it's just all obsession with self. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes um, I get really frustrated with the whole self, self, because I keep up with Yeah. And my frustration is, it usually comes around to a point where I think that you can't live without self. You can't live without self on some level, or in some degree. And so the naive question for you would be, how does one stop self? You don't. You don't. Okay. No. That's a good answer. I mean, I like that answer. Because I can sort of relate to something. You don't else. stop self. And just one other thing. I've heard you say uh, many times, self can't get out of self. Yes. So, and I, I take that to heart. Yeah. I, I don't know if I understand it, but I hear it, and I... I know the meaning of your words. Yeah. Okay, so I, I think the 
because I can't stop thinking about how to stop suffering. And by doing that, I'm suffering. Yes. Because I'm the one that's thinking about how to stop suffering. Well, you, there's a thought that you're the one that's Yeah, that's good. That frustration will hopefully produce a pause or a startling effect. The frustration will eat itself. And then, once it eats itself, there'll be the space that was always there. It's just an imaginary little thing, eating itself by being frustrated. Why can't I figure this out? Yeah, because, yeah, self can't get out. See, let's say selfing, this feeling. Selfing is a verb to me, yeah? And it, but it implies a, a, a noun or a subject, yeah? So it's an activity, but it makes a, a one does an activity, yeah? Or one who the activity is done to, which are totally different feelings. Yeah, that's what this one activity of selfing produces. It's, it produces a feeling of being a subject that things are happening to or are happening from me. Yeah, that's the selfing. That isn't so in my book. That's just an illusion it makes up. Yeah, it, it produces this feeling. So. If you look at that selfing is a mental process, so the mind, the conditional mind, with this apparatus, one of its functions is selfing, just like its other functions are to make you see colors and turn it into objects and all like that. There's a function called selfing going on in the apparatus. It's totally the way it's built. Yeah? And so selfing's going to go on. Yeah? But the whole point is, the mind is capable of realizing it isn't the subject that's being implied by the selfing. Yes? It can realize it's not the subject that is being implied by the selfing. So the selfing can go, can go on, but it can't, if you can have an immunity to taking yourself to be a self. The taking, yes? The taking that message and making it into a noun or a subject. Yeah? You'll just see the message. So the mental process is producing selfing. That's what it does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that selfing can, can structure the feeling of what's happening here as if it's happening to a you. Yeah? By a them. Yes? That's what it does. It can interpret what's happening in, and make it into subject-object. But the subject it's making isn't the subject of all subjects. It's taking one of the objects and making it into a subject, you, as a body. Yeah? So it's claiming subjectivity and, and really like taking the throne, or, or like the, uh, the, the throne off of, uh, not the throne, the, the crown off of the king, you know, it's pure subjectivity and putting it on this body. I'm the subject. Yeah? It's a pretty move, pretty intense move. So it claims God, in a way, and I'm God. So now, the way life is feeling like it's happening to me. Not that it's happening, but it's happening to me. I would say more or less, if you wanted to give a view to God, which, you know, we're just using words here, but I would say a view of God would be life's happening. Life's happening. The view from a, a, a pseudo-God is it's happening to me. Yeah. Which would create a jealous and vindictive God, sort of like the Old Testament God, you know what I mean? He was taking everyone's actions and says, hey, you can't be doing that to me, I'm your God. Don't put any gods before me. It sounds just like your head. Same structure in a way. So if a mental process is producing this feeling of being a self, yeah? Mm -hmm. Then how could, and it's just a production, it's not true, it doesn't have a real reality other than if you believe it, yeah? Then where, how could that self get out of selfing? Because it's not a real thing to leave a real place. Yeah? It's not even a real thing to realize it's an imaginary place. It's not real. So it's part of the imaginary activity. So self can't get out of self for that reason. Because there is no self to get out of. Yeah? But mind doesn't need to get out of selfing. It only gets the feeling of being in selfing if it's identified as a self. Yeah? So, the way selfing is seen as if it's happening to you is if it's produced its result already, which is you're a self. So now, the selfing seems like to be a drag to you. It's fucking frustrating me. It's bothering me. It's driving me crazy. That's the, that's the product of the view of selfing. It 
that's what it produces. The feeling of being a self, that selfing's happening too. See? That's the good news. You're not that. See? So there's the seeing of the selfing, and the real seeing of the selfing is that it's not a you seeing it. That's the real seeing of the selfing. There's one seeing of the selfing, which is you think the selfing's driving you crazy. That's a form of looking. You're already looking from self, because seeing selfing, if it's seen by a you, is called looking at selfing, and then looking can drive you crazy, because it's not going with what you think is your agenda. I want to feel better. I don't want all this fucking crazy shit going on. What can I do to get out of this? That's totally like engagement in selfing. You've already, the mind is now, what the action figure as itself, and it's running around trying to get out of the system, which is called self trying to get out of self. You can't get out of self. Yeah? So we're just noticing that, stripping away the illusion, let's say, see this, seeing the selfing, and if you have asked, well, who's seeing the selfing? Well, obviously, the mind set up that it's a you seeing the selfing, which is the product of selfing. So you go, well, who is this selfing? Let's question the product. Is it authentic or real? All right, who is this selfing? And you realize there's no one selfing. And as soon as there's a sense of no one selfing, the mind, the tentacles of mind in, in selfing, leave the selfing and leave it alone and have acceptance of the selfing. So you're not ceasing fighting anything or anyone. You're not fighting the selfing anymore. And that's the total disengagement with it. When there's no fighting the selfing, there's no one that could be fighting the selfing, which is, therefore, you're not engaged in self. Yeah? You see? So by the frustration is beautiful because you keep asking yourself, who is, who is it that's frustrated with all the selfing? It's not you. It's a you, which is the product of the selfing. And that's its engagement. It likes to be irritated. It creates activity. Yeah? When selfing is irritated, it gets active. What happens? It thinks. And a lot of other stuff happens, and that's its party. It's now engaged in its muscular activity of selfing. Yeah, yeah. Drama, meaning being given, this and that, stories being written. Yeah, I mean, it loves it. Yeah? The disengagement is you can't shut that off, and the only thing that really wants to shut it off is what you're not. It's a, it's a product of that activity, the feeling of being a self. So you talk about acceptance and recovery, that's the state of acceptance. Is that there's no one to accept or not accept. That's true acceptance. That there is no one to accept the selfing or not accept the selfing. That's the acceptance. Then the system gets disengaged and you know it by its fruits. You travel a whole lot fucking lighter. The mind isn't stuck walking like a mental flypaper all day, getting stuck in meetings all the time. Yeah? <coughs> hey, Baba, you just like, get scared. There's too many people. You've got to break them slowly. Sumo, Baba. <laughs> he gets over. Yeah? I'm having questions and answers. A once in a lifetime opportunity. Your interaction with me is okay, and I'm not setting all the data on fire. 
because the realness of a presence was available in that little, they had it like in a living room, made it into a place where she was laying and she could face this beautiful window and look out and see birds and stuff. And, and she couldn't move, you know. She had to be lifted up and she was just, you know, pretty much there, was, there she was. She wasn't getting on anywhere. So she they had her sitting in a nice way and she was just seeing Yeah. And, and there was dead been like a nice severing of the the looking. And see once there's a looking, there's a lot of transfer of meaning to everything that you used to look at, yeah, or think about or feel. Yeah. And whatever way there's an engagement here, it's it's not just a, a like print quote print whatever. It's not an equal engagement. There's you looking at it, and that you has tons of meaning it puts into what it's seen, like a relationship with a person, or a, or a pain, physical pain, or emotional pain, or an idea, or a mental obsession, whatever. Yeah, the, it's not the object. It's it's the pseudo subject that the downloading. Yeah. What the object is, is is projecting to us has been delivered by us. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a closed system of selfing. We give it everything the meaning it has. It's sort of like we're the sun, and the object is like the moon that's reflecting back our own light. Yeah. So our mental sun, playing God, beams our attention, which delivers the meaning to that object. The object shines it back. We take the object to be inherently that meaning. You motherfucker, you did it to me. Yeah, well, that stuff, yes? We totally don't see the loop, yeah? We just see it as this. This is happening to me, but it's not happening to you. Yeah? Sun putting putting attention on the object, right? The object absorbs that meaning, it reflects the meaning back to you, and you think that's an inherent, real, solid thing that has that quality. This is what's happening all day. This is how our mind is, what it's doing. Yeah? So, to see what happens if, if the selfing gets disengaged, yes? The pseudo-sun, which is just comprised of tons of meaning, isn't what's reflecting in the object anymore. It's the real sun, or the real subjectivity. So then you see, whatever you're seeing is inherently empty. All there is is light. Yeah? So the pseudo-sun gets seen not to be the center of the system, selfing drops. The real sun, that's, its energy has been taken and used, now shines out. And when in that illumination, everything is seen as inherently empty of being anything. In other words, they're all appearances in the one mind, you know, which is light. If you want to call it that, or emptiness. But when the selfing's in place, we become the sun, comprised of tons of meaning. We see that object, and it's actually a way, and it's turned into looking. That looking is like a bridge for our meaning to be given to that object. We forget that happened, and we believe the object's bringing that meaning to us. Yeah? This is really imposing its will on me, or this or that. Yeah? But it's not the case. But it can't be seen this way if it's, if it's being seen from you as the sun. Yeah? You can't... You, being you as the sun can't entertain a bigger sun. It just can't do it. It's like, I'm the sun. That's why in recovery it says we have to quit playing God because if there's the playing of God, there won't be any awareness of God. Yeah? That's all right. Yeah? You know what I mean? There won't be any awareness of God while you're playing God. And it's not you playing God. That's the feeling of the selfing. Yeah? When that's dominant, the sun won't be noticed. Even that much you want to turn yourself as the sun and face that sun, it's impossible Yeah, to see that sun from a pseudo-sun. There ain't no sun, but that sun, that's the realization. It isn't like, oh, I'm going to turn around and look at the sun. There's no you to look at the sun. 
you're the, you're the sun, you're an activity of light from the sun, acting as if it's the one that bears the light, that produces the light, that shines the light out on things. And by that, we give meaning to things from our little contrived system of self-centeredness. So we see things as we see them. But there's no seeing of them, yeah? It's all looking. So it's like a disease of mind. It's like a, a little bit of a... And the point is, here in, in dreaming, because there's time here in space, that little glitch geometrically progresses more and more and more and more, yeah? More things arise, more things have the ability to affect me, affect me. Thousands of thoughts manifest, tons of things happen, yes? All to a pseudo-one. Oh, it's, it's a very heavy burden of energy, yeah? An energy that's taken to be that and tries and brought to such a small pain, point is going to have to explode, yes? When it's sucked into one point, it's going to have to explode. And we're watching a lot of people explode. They explode by getting loaded again. They explode by doing this. They explode by, you know, tons of activities. Yeah. So if you see it, if you see it, you're not it. The point is, the desire to know what you are gets dropped because it's impossible, first of all. And there's a great relief because one of the main planks of that system of selfing is to know. It has an incessant drive to know what's happening. Yeah? When the only way to live really is to find out. Literally, every moment, just like who knew let's say that Egypt was going to fall. All those people that get paid tons of money to go on all these shows, never, not one of them said, oh, Mubarak will fall two days from now. No freaking person. No one has any clue what's going on. Yeah? But we just pontificate as if we do all the time. You know what I mean? This, and what does that preclude? Finding out. If you know, there's going to be a desire to be right about it. Yeah? It's just the way mind is, isn't it? It wants to be right at all costs. But if you're willing to, I don't know, hey, you're willing, first of all, you can, you'll find out. That's an open mind, so to speak, yeah, instead of a closed one. You said once that uh, I had fun playing Paul all day. And I remember that because when I'm not, like you said, interpreting things like way, less meaning on things, I get really light and I'm having fun, but I'm not taking myself. Surfing, everything is a form of trying to get out of self. 
Yeah? That's why a lot of them turn into addictions. Because they're really the driving force of what we call being in self. Is to be trying to get out of it. He's not trying to get out of self because he's not in self. Yeah? There's no, there's no, he's never entertained that he's in self. Therefore, he has no desire to get out of it. Look at him. <laughs> yeah? Then we, somewhere along the line, the mind sold us something, which is, hey, you're in self. <laughs> then what became a natural state was irritable, restless, and being discontent, which does what? It drives us to do what? Seek relief, which is seemingly getting out of self, which is being in self. <laughs> We're trying to entertain a certain state of mind that was, has always, in every one of our so-called lives, was already presented since when we were kids. Yeah. If we want to think we were someone, let's say when the mind was in that state of kidness, that's it. It was a much cleaner version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There he goes. He agrees. Yeah, see him. I mean, how much more agreement do you want than that? <laughs> Zuma. Yeah. I mean, that's it, really. Look. What has been the biggest bane in your life trying to get out of self, really? Hasn't it? Yeah, I just saw that. Every fucking mechanism be it recovery, be it addiction, in a way the mind has set up a situation that every time you move away, you're actually in. <laughs> every time you don't accept, you're stuck. Yeah? And how can a self accept? It's impossible. It's all conditional and selfish. It's always looking for a result. That's not acceptance. Yeah? I think he was the best, I was the best messenger. <laughs>